Jeff Fisher, no more. Russell Westbrook, ascending. And lots of other stuff happened in sports as well. We're going to get into all of it this week on Drunk Sports. You know why, Grant? No. It's because it's Tuesday night. And if it's Tuesday night, it must be Drunk Sports. And the music kicks in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so cool. So sweet. So cool. Are we done? Is the podcast over? I feel like we have, uh, we've successfully returned from yeah. our one-week bye. We had a, we had a bye, yeah. And uh, it, was, it was mostly because Pete Sampras requested that Blake Bortles and him do a photo shoot together because <laughs> he wanted to do a photo shoot with his twin. And we had to be the photographers. <laughs> why, why would that make the show impossible to do? Because it was a very long photo shoot. <laughs> yes, it was. A very long photo shoot indeed. Yes. Also, Pete Sampras, kind of a douche. Is that so? I don't know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> no reason to believe that at all. Um, Grant uh, is about to be into beer number three. If you're brand new to the show... Of course, this is the show where we talk sports, and Grant over there gets... Brant? Just leave me alone. <laughs> Progressively drunker, and we all lead up to... All roads, essentially, lead to Let the Drunk Fix It, quarter number four, where Grant is super drunk and tries to fix problems that I pitch his way. And also, of course, suggested by you, the listener. We have at least one listener suggested Let the Drunk Fix It this week as well. If you want to tell us anything at all, be it an LTDFI, that's Let the Drunk Fix It, any suggestions, any thoughts, any topics you want to hear us cover, we are at Drunk Sports Show on Twitter. Tweet at us. Don't be afraid. Tweet at Jonathan. I'm not allowed to see it. Well, he, they're tweeting it's at upsetting. us, but I'm the only one who's going to read it. Okay. Is that, is that okay, Grant? I guess it's okay. Is it fine? Nah, no. <laughs> eh, maybe not. <laughs> All right. So um, I teased the show a little bit this time. We started it a little differently. And I mentioned Jeff Fisher was no more, much like that time when Peter Parker threw his Spider-Man costume into the garbage and it was Spider-Man no more. Was that in Spider-Man 3? It was. That's a terrible movie. Um, yeah. It was also in the comic. I don't care. I'm just saying. I need Comic books. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> okay. So Jeff Fisher lasted almost five seasons in, well, I guess Los Angeles now, but before that it was, of course, St. Louis. He was 31, 45, and 1. And just to be clear for everyone, he signed a two-year contract extension just before the season started, although they only very recently revealed that. Grant, make sense of this for everybody. What the heck's up? I don't know if this can be made sense of. Uh, Jeff Fisher, okay, so there was the Music City Miracle in Tennessee. He was the coach at that time, right? Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah, that was pretty Even good. though it was an illegal play. It was like a nice time to be a Titans fan, and Jeff Fisher led them deep in the playoffs. That's wonderful. However, Jeff Fisher is not a good coach by the numbers. I mean, I, I feel like there's enough evidence at this point that Jeff Fisher is not good at the coaching of the football. I mean, <laughs> you mentioned his record. I, why have they kept him around so long, the Rams? 2012, 7, 8, and 1. Okay, give him another year. It's fine. Yeah. 2013, 7, and 9. Okay, maybe one more year. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. 2014, 6, and 10. That's not good. I mean, maybe it's time to cut him right about now. Maybe they were thinking like Sam Bradford is the reason why they're not very good. He sure. didn't develop. Things 2015, like that. 7 and 9. Yeah. yeah. They were so close. So also, close. in fairness, they always have to play two games against the Seahawks, two games against the Cardinals, and two games against the 49ers. And usually at least two of those teams are very, very good. Well, was Jeff Fisher ever a good coach? I mean, he had one good year, right? Well, I mean, in 1999, he went 13 and three and went to the Super Bowl and lost at the very end. Yeah. In 2000, he went 13 and three and lost in the AFC Divisional game. That's good. 2002, he went 11 and five. 2003, he went 12 and four. 
2007, he went 10 and 6. 2008, he went 13 and 3. Right. I mean, okay, that's pretty good. He also went to another AFC Championship game as well in that span. Overall, in Houston and Tennessee, he was 142 and 120, so 54%. Not terrible. Anyway, even with all the losses in uh, LA and St. Louis, he's still 12 games or eight games, excuse me, over 500. All right, maybe he's not as bad. Maybe he's just not kept up with the game as it evolves. Because I've noticed the Rams, not a, not a pass happy. Fast-paced offense. I mean, they haven't had a good quarterback the entire time he's been there. You Chicken or the egg, dude. Chicken or the egg. Chicken, bro. Chicken. Jeff Fisher's the egg, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm saying the chicken came first. Did it? Of course it did. Maybe Sam Bradford could have been marvelous, wonderful, splendid. By the way, to be clear, the egg came first. Always, right? How could the chicken ever come first? It has to be the egg. Anyway, coming back to the <laughs> other, just, just to get up in that for a second. Um, I don't want any physicists coming down on me. About what That's not a physics is. problem at all. That's a biology. It doesn't related. mean to say a physicist wouldn't we have got any biologists oh. out there. So physicists can't have an opinion on biology now? They is that, can. Is that but the world we're in? They're usually not as educated in biology as they are in physics. You don't think a physicist will have an opinion on chicken or egg, though? Which came first? I think they might care what trajectory the egg leaves the chicken's body. I mean, everyone cares and, about that. And the wind shear. The shear? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So anyway, so Jeff Fisher was good. For a time in Tennessee. Now, he had a great quarterback. He had Steve McNair. Yes. And that's the reason why he was so good, probably. Probably. You know, and he, Eddie George. Yep, he did have Eddie George. He had yeah. a good defense. He had Jermaine Kirst. Javon Kirst. Javon Kirst. The freak. The freak. Yeah. He was only good for like three years, though. He's not a Greek freak. Just a regular freak. Right. Yeah. Made a whole lot less money than the Greek freak has already made. But hey, whose fault is that? I believe it's um, society's. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, it's always society's fault, I guess, right? Okay, here's an interesting little twist to this story. Okay. There's already been some rumored potential candidates for this job. Two very okay. interesting names have emerged. Is one of them Jim Harbaugh? Yes. Wow. That Just, is interesting. The talk is $15 million a year. For that would Jim be Harbaugh. a record, right? Yeah, by a lot, I think. I mean, he was amazing as the Niners coach. He did it everything. Was a clear drop off when he left. Forget that. When he arrived, they were terrible. The team had basically no personnel changes, and they immediately became one of the best teams in the league and stayed that way for the next three years. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That never happened. And then they immediately fell off a cliff when he left. Yeah, they went 8-8 eight and eight his last season, and then everyone retired, and they were terrible. And yeah. they've been bad ever since, like horrible ever since. Yep. They probably regret firing, firing him, even though they hated him, right? Yeah. They have to regret that. I so, mean, he's he's uh, probably enjoying the college life right now, but $15 million is going to be hard to pass up. Yeah. I mean, the college life is probably fun. You play less games, but you have to recruit. You have to do all this Recruiting stuff. Recruiting sucks, man. He must like that, though. Like, he could have stayed in the NFL and chose not to, right? He chose to go to Michigan. Yeah. But $15 million a year, I mean, how much is Michigan paying him? Like, six or seven? It I can't mean, be fifteen. No. So. It can't be more than, like, seven. Seven right. would be a lot. I mean, and L.A. really wants to win now because they just moved to L.A. And, and they got they, Jared Goff. Yeah, they want to make a big splash in, in the big city. Especially because next year the Chargers are going to be joining them in L.A. Oh, yeah. Because the what, what was that bullshit name they were going to call their stadium? It got voted down. It was called, like, the Conveyance or something. I don't know. Some, some lame bullshit. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it was, like, trying to make it sound like it was really going to help local businesses in the economy, which stadiums never, ever do. Never do. Unless LeBron James plays in them, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. But essentially, yeah. it destroys people. It doesn't help them. Right. Like most things. <laughs> wow. Somebody's depressed today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just truth-telling, man. Yeah. That's yeah. me. Great. 
<laughs> Anywho. Okay, another big name also being mentioned is John Gruden. John Gruden. John Gruden has apparently said he would, and I quote, listen, end quote, to the Rams. He's got such a nice gig right now. He apparently I mean, makes he, like $8 million a year. So is it really – I mean, he's already loaded, right, unless he's a maniac. Even if just, he isn't loaded, he's going to make $8 million a year for the foreseeable future. Right. He's got to keep that job for as long as he wants it unless he does some sort of off-the-field scandal type thing. Right. He's yeah. going to have to – and it's going to have to be bad because they love him at yeah. ESPN and ABC. Not exactly sure Disney. why he's not the best. He's no good, but they love but him. But $8 million a year, he has to work so much less than he had to work as an NFL coach. I mean, how much money – okay, let's say – Jim Harbaugh does not work out, and the Rams come to Gruden and offer him $15 million. They double his salary. Does he leave? I don't know. I've never made $8 million a year, no. so I don't know what it would be like to have made $8 million a year for like three or four years at least, and then be like, uh, it's not enough. <laughs> you know, I need fifteen. Right. But it's probably way more than double the work. I would guess it's a lot more than double the work. It's also work that is not guaranteed to last very long. You know, like right. how, like in general, like it may work out for Gruden. He probably thinks he's going to be highly successful. But what's the over under on seasons before he's gone? Four, probably, maybe even three. Yeah, I mean, guys. Although they kept Jeff long. Fisher for five, they did, but they're probably very unhappy about that decision now, right? Right. They might be more apt to fire somebody quickly in the future because of what has happened so far. I mean, if they're terrible for three straight years, they might just say bye-bye to I mean, John Gruden, okay, so yeah, John Gruden's a guy who's had a lot of success in his life, obviously. Yeah. So he may have the mindset of, it doesn't matter. Like, I can take this job, and if I get fired, it doesn't matter. This job will be waiting that I have right now when I get done. And he might be right, but he might not be. I mean, I don't know if the Monday Night Football job will be open. Someone's going to have to do that for the next several years. And that guy may win the job and they may not just kick him out when Gruden's available. But Gruden will have a football job if he wants, like a big time football job, right? Maybe not for 8 million a year though in broadcasting. And it's tough to get that high. Right. But maybe for like 3 million a year, he could be the new Troy Aikman or something. That's very reasonable. But what, I mean, I think the, let's, let's talk about this from the Gruden perspective. Yeah. Which I think that I probably have never thought in a similar manner to John Gruden before. Can you, can you do it in his voice? And like um, tempo and tone. All right. Well, when you're uh, wanting to, this is terrible. So no, you cannot. No, I okay, cannot. that's fine. That's I fine. can say what he might say. Yeah. Well, I can't do it in his that's voice. Fine. Go ahead. Um, he might say, "Well, the thing about money is that when you want more money, it's good to go for the thing that gets you more money." Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing he might say. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. I think he yeah. says it like with a lot of like, you know what? The thing about the money is when you got to. Get, I'm not doing it well either. Yeah, right, it's hard. On. It's harder than you thought. Yeah, Gruden's tough. He's got that haircut. You know, um, yeah. no, but uh, so let's go <laughs> yeah. for the Gruden pers- perspective for a second, okay. though. Um, so let's say he can get, maybe he can get ten years out of of being the coach of LA. Maybe he can if he really does well. But he can have this broadcasting job for the next thirty years, probably right. at eight million and increasing. You know, so and it's such a cushy job. Also, it gets him other work if he wants it. Yeah. I don't know if he wants it, but he can do lots of other little things which probably pay extremely well and, and take very little effort, be it commercials or just you know appearances, things like that. I mean, it's got to yeah. be incredible. And I don't know if he's married or not, but I'm sure people throw themselves at this mm-hmm. guy because he's on TV and very famous. You know, uh, Yeah, that might be. So it's just like a fun, great spot if you're John Gruden. I don't think I would give up that job, that cushy job. I mean— What's the amount you'd give it up for? I don't and know. What jo- or what see, job would see, you give is, it up for? This goes back to me never being a person who made $8 million a year or anything close to $8 million a yeah. year, right? So it's hard to put myself in that perspective because if you have grown accustomed to that, maybe you feel like it's not enough anymore, right? So, mm-hmm. But I think if so. you put me, Grant Dennison, currently getting $8 million a year to commentate on one football game a week, 
I'm thrilled, and I'm like, 15 million a year to do I don't know 40 times the work. No thanks. I'll <laughs> just do the I'll just do the commentary. It's probably like three times work, but I hear you. Um, the thing that happens though is it's not so much just that you get used to it. It's also the it's the people around you, right? So if you're Gruden and you're talking to NFL quarterbacks all the time, like he is, and they're all making 20 million a year, eight million may not feel like what yeah. it once felt like, you know? Right, and he like, might miss the game a little bit, you know? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. The other thing is, though, it's a nice thing where he was he's seen as like a successful and good coach, even though he was like good in L.A. He, I guess he won a Super Bowl in Tampa, but then got fired like three years later. And that was that he basically won a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's guys and was immediately never that good again. Right. That's number four. That's number four. That's number four. All right. Bronze people, you know what you're doing. Right. Well, they should, but we haven't mentioned that yet. So now is a good time to talk oh, about it. Oh, we're doing it? it? Yeah, we're going to do it. I know we're going to do it. I just wasn't going to do it at the top of the show. Oh. But this podcast is also a drinking game. Yeah. So new listeners, sorry that you're behind, but you can drink along with Grant. Pretty just, simple drinking game. Just get drinking. Yeah. S- silver medal, 5% beers, about what I drink. Same, same amount of beer as I drink. Gold level, high alcohol beers, don't do it. Uh, bronze level, probably the most done level would be my guess. Yeah. Half the amount. Yeah. Which is fine. Totally fine. Uh, you make it sound kind of, kind of embarrassing I mean, I don't and respect, pathetic. I don't respect you. You can't respect. How can you respect them? You can't respect yourself if you do that. No. Meaning Grant. Grant yeah. cannot respect himself when I listen if you to do drunk that. Sport, I listen to drunk sports yeah. the, the day after or two days after yeah. that we do it. And I never do bronze level. I always no. do silver level. Yeah, and I get to. just as drunk as I got for the show. <laughs> you have cool. to. Do you have the same thoughts then that you do now? No, or sometimes different? I'm like, oh, I fucked that up. Uh, no, yeah. no, Sam Bradford definitely doesn't look like, what's his fucking name? I forgot now. I don't know. Pete Sampras. Sam Not Sam Bradford. Bradford. Blake oh. Bortles. Blake Bortles doesn't look like Pete. Uh, he You're does. only on beer four. What's I happening know. to you? I got, I got lost. But absolutely <laughs> does look like Pete Sampras, by the way. I was, that was a bad example. Just to be clear. Yeah. All right. Um, before we move on, one last question with this. So let's say you're... I don't know. Let's say we're Gruden or Harbaugh. Either one. It doesn't matter. Right. What job are you willing to come back for and for how much money? Like, what's the minimum amount of money you'll take and for what job that, that will actually get you to move and leave the current job you're in? The L.A. job is somewhat enticing because it's in L.A. Yeah. Not because of the team, but right. because it's in L.A. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So that that's something. I don't know. What, what other job would be better that would actually be available? I mean, well, forget about available for a second. Just right. what job would you want? Like, okay, so are what, there that good? Are there that many good football jobs anyway in the NFL? Like, you need a great young quarterback, basically, right? So the Seahawks, the Seahawks would be yeah. pretty good. That's maybe the Colts, but the Colts aren't. They're not very, very good. good though. But at least you like have something to work with with the Colts. I think the Seahawks is probably the yeah. best choice. Me too. Yeah, me too. At this point, Russell Wilson's what like twenty four. Although Earl Thomas might retire. It doesn't matter. Uh, that does matter. Give me a. I mean, oh, you mean as far as taking the job or not? Yeah, yeah. Taking oh, the job. it matters a lot to the Seahawks. He might be their best defensive player. He might be, but there's like six guys who might be their yeah. best defensive player. That's true. It's impressive. All right, we're finally moving on. We're staying in the National Football League for a little longer, though, Grant. We're talking about the AFC West because fireworks. What the hell? Fireworks, my man. It's like the NFC West, except it's the AFC West. That's true. Well said. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Oakland Raiders, both atop the division at 10-3. and three. The Chiefs beat the Raiders two weeks ago, then beat the Broncos. The Broncos, Super Bowl champion Broncos, yeah. have lost three in a row. They're now 8-5. and five. Who would have thought the Broncos would be the third best team in this division? Well, here's the thing. They still have a better point differential than the two teams ahead of them. Okay. So, so they've been a bit unlucky. Maybe. It's, hard. it's a little less obvious than one might think anyway. I'll say that. The Raiders have always had a pretty, this season, have always had a pretty bad point differential for their record. They're up to plus 38 anyway. By the way, even the Chargers at 5 and 8, plus 3. Everyone's good in this league. The Chargers are getting unlucky as hell. Yeah, Chargers unlucky. Broncos a bit unlucky. Raiders and Chiefs probably a little bit lucky. Chiefs plus 47, 10 and 3. 
Broncos plus 54, 8 and 5. It's a little unlucky. Yeah. But, you know, that's football. I mean, there's right. only 16 games. You know, there's going to be High a few bounces of the balls. Yeah. So here's the question. If you had to put money on one of these teams to win the Super Bowl, who are you picking and why? Oh, God. That's, that's a good question. Thanks. Yeah. I think I got to go with the Broncos. And maybe that's a recency bias. I'm not sure. Hmm. But I know that Peyton Manning brings other things to the table than the traditional stats that an NFL quarterback accrues. But I don't think Trevor Simeon is worse than Peyton Manning was last year as far as actually physically being a quarterback. Yeah. Right? He's probably better. Peyton Manning, though, he does the audibles and he like makes the offense hum a little bit better, even if he's playing terribly. He has that. He's a coach on the field type thing. Sure. So maybe that mattered. I can't tell. It seems like it mattered a little bit, but it's hard to know. It's hard to know because, like we said, they are getting unlucky with their record. A seems little bit. like it. Yeah. So I think their defense is still just so good. I think I got to give it to the Broncos. I'm going to take the Chiefs. That was my second choice. Here's why. Uh, they're tied. For, I mean, they're two games ahead of the Broncos, so that's pretty good. They got a reasonable shot at the bye at this point. They are 4-0 in the division, which means they currently, anyway, win all tiebreakers. Their coach is a walrus, their which coaches, is amazing. I mean, you need that. The run game loves the walrus. <laughs> I mean, while they've got a very, very good defense, they also do have a reasonable offense. It's not an exciting offense, but they run the ball very well. Alex Smith is competent. Yeah. They're pretty good. They've got Tyree Kill now, who maybe is actually a touchdown machine. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, is he the best tight end currently, like, on two legs in the league? Perhaps. I mean, is if you discount injuries entirely. Yeah. On two yeah. legs, buddy. Jordan Reed's coming back. He's probably, is he, though? I mean, I mean, you've been saying that all year. He's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. Yeah. So I, I would take the Chiefs. I feel like the Raiders are sort of the uh, the sort of biggest illusion of this group in that their defense just is not good enough. I know they have Khalil Mack and all that, but they're just not good enough to really win, I think, in the playoffs. They have a chance to have a great defense in the future with with the cornerstone of Khalil Mack, but yeah, right now they're not an amazing defense, that's for sure. Yeah, they got to spend a little draft pick money, whatever. They have great receivers, which is nice. They have Latavius Murray's like a pretty good running back. Pretty good. Not great. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. though. That's, a, that's all you need. No, I, I would take, uh, I think Raiders are my third choice for a Super Bowl contender. Mm. Broncos first, Chiefs second. Okay. That's all where right. I'm going to go. Yeah. So the correct answer, of course, as we said, Chiefs is number one. <laughs> and, uh, and it is tough to give Trevor Simeon the, the, being the, like, the Super Bowl quarterback. That's it tough. is. It's a little but tough. But Peyton Manning last year was maybe the worst starting quarterback that ever played statistically because. Come on. Only because. No, I. I mean, because with the amount of games he played, they only let him play that many games because he was Peyton Manning. He was so bad. He was not the worst quarterback to ever play statistically. That's an insane thing to say. They were wishing they had Ryan Leaf at that moment. <laughs> there you go, right. There's like David Carr. I mean, there's first-round draft picks who played their entire first season and were terrible. Yeah. Like, come on. Achilles Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So fine. these things happen. Tim Couch. Anyway. All right, let's, let's... Being hyperbolic, it's fine. It's part of the show. It's not part of the show. Part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, why don't we take a break there? We'll come back, talk a little more sports. We're back. It's quarter number two, and we're going to get into beer number five for Grant and the National Basketball Association. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Why are you saying it like that? I'm saying it because just move on. <laughs> What's the problem? You know what the problem is. I know, but new listeners may not know. Well, they're going to have to listen to old podcasts it's to find unlikely. out. It's so unlikely for them to find that one. Well, I guess they're just going to live in the dark, okay. and their life's going to be terrible. Okay. It's going to be like John Gruden, except bad. Except they make less money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, anywho, uh, Russell Westbrook has been tearing it up in a big-time way for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. 
all season long. Yeah. He just completed a string of seven consecutive triple doubles, which hasn't been done basically since ever. Well, I got those numbers. Oh, bring it on. Right. So seven ties the last time it happened, which was Michael Jordan in Mm -hmm. 1988-89 season. Jordan did it seven times in a row? Yeah, he did. Must be when he was playing point guard. Right. Uh, Seven is the best since Wilt Chamberlain did it in 1967. And Chamberlain, by the way, is a guy who has at different times led the NBA in this, for the season in points, another t- uh, rebounds, and at another time assists, just to be clear. Yep. And the only other person after 1960 to do seven in a row was the big O Oscar, Oscar Robertson, Robertson, who yeah. averaged a triple-double that year, but he, de- he never did more than seven in a row. Yeah. Speaking of averaging a triple-double, guess what Russell Westbrook's doing? Averaging a triple-double. You got that right. Yeah, he's averaging 31.1 points, 10.9 rebounds, and 11 assists per game. It's not like he's averaging 14, 10, and 10. Right. It's it's an impressive triple double. I mean, how does he average eleven rebounds? That's the thing that like throws me off. He's six three, isn't he? I He's mean maybe six four, but yeah. I mean it's crazy. Yeah. He's, this guy is an insane athlete. He's maybe the best athlete in the NBA. So the Magic are currently, I think, four games over five hundred. Let's say they stay around that. You mean orbit. the Thunder? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I mean the thunder. What, why do you even have to ask I, that? I know why you did that, though. Why, oh, why? Because you don't understand science at all, and so you think thunder <laughs> is magic from wizards in the sky? Well, let's be honest. You can see lightning. You can't see thunder. So it's magic. So where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> I need a biologist to It has me. to be wizards. Where's our biologist? <laughs> we don't have a... Re- we have a resident physicist. We do yeah. not have a resident biologist. Not yet. Not yet. By the way, we may have one and not know it. That's hey, if true. you're out there, tweet at Drunk Sports Show if you are wannabe... I should say applying. Our unpaid resident biologist. Whoa, whoa. Let's not be clear about the salary. Our intern. The salary demands. (laughs) You can ask for whatever you want money-wise, okay? So maybe, you know, this might be a great opportunity. You can can write down anything in an email and ask for whatever you want. The response will not be varied. (laughs) You know how when, like, the movies and stuff, they, like, write down a number on a piece of paper and fold the paper and pass it across the desk and the other person opens it? Yeah. I don't know why they do that. That You can do that. If you want to be a resident biologist, buy yourself in your home and just like pass it yourself or like run across the table and open it. And then you can feel good. (laughs) Okay, back to Russell Westbrook. No, hold on. Oh, go ahead. I think we should have a life goal here. (laughs) I think our life goal should should be to have at least five resident scientists. You know, just of different types. What would we do with those people? It doesn't matter. In case like you don't know. It's the the whole point of having a lawyer on retainer is if something comes up, yeah. they are there for you. So right? what would be the five types of scientists we have? We have obviously, a, a physicist. Obviously we already a have a physicist. Right. So a biologist. Colin West. Yeah, yeah, biologist. We need a biologist. What, what, are, what are three more types? Quantum? A chemist. We need a chemist. Oh, a chemist If we great. want to start selling some meth. Well, I mean, you just had to go to Breaking Bad right away, huh? It was not... It's not... Bre- Breaking Bad came after meth, okay? <laughs> Breaking Bad's about meth. It doesn't mean they were the first people who had the idea okay. that meth could make you a lot of money. You're right. You're right. Okay, that's <laughs> so, three. That's yeah. three. What else you got? Uh, we've got a zoologist because if we want to train animals to hunt our enemies. Okay, I'm gonna, I might get in a little bit of trouble here. Is a zoologist really a scientist? I, I believe they are. Okay, they. I mean, it would seem to be because uh, the ologist part seems yeah. to imply that there's the study of zoos. Although there are also cosmetologists, <laughs> so maybe and uh, maybe, mixologists. Maybe they would argue they're scientists as well. But they that's, might argue that's that, part of the but problem. They would be it? wrong. I'm exactly. sorry to all cosmetologists and mixologists out there. So maybe zoologist isn't. I mean, it's like the way a dentist might argue that they're a doctor. Oh come on, they have an MD. But are they a doctor? Wow. 
We definitely have some dentist <laughs> listeners. You know, dentists have the highest suicide rate among any profession, and you just pushed a couple over the edge. Well, I mean, you know why, right? They why? have the highest suicide rate. Why? Because they're not doctors, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah, that's we, we still need a fifth scientist. Why don't okay. you come up with it? Because okay, by the way, I just like to apologize to dentists. I know you're doctors. I'm sure you save lives once in a while. Oh my god, what if a, your dentist listens? You were gonna have fucked what? up that teeth. Was, that was not <laughs> sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, sure it was. By the way, I just went to the dentist, so I got I got six months to a year before I have to worry <laughs> okay. about this. I'm good. I'm good for a All while. Right. All right. The fifth type of uh, how about an astrologist? That is definitely not a scientist. <laughs> I'm gonna lay the. I'm gonna no, lay that one down. No, how about astronomy though. How about astronomy? That's not any different than physics, really. It's just a form of physics. Well, what is Neil deGrasse Tyson? He's an astronomist, but can, he's a physicist. Can we have him? Oh, well, I yeah. like him. Are you saying you want to kick off Colin West? Colin West can be like his little buddy. I'm sure Colin West would be happy to be Neil deGrasse Tyson's okay. little buddy. All right. Well, we're never gonna find our fifth type of scientist. Okay. Well, let's get let's let's come back to that. Yeah. Let's get back to Russell Westbrook. Let's get a mechanic also. All right. I love that for the car. Okay. So <laughs> back to um, Russell Westbrook. So let's say the Thunder stay about four games over five hundred, give or take. So they end the season like forty three and you know whatever thirty eight. It would be thirty. That's not a, I guess. that's not a possible 40, record. Well, no, they could have missed a game. The Celtics only played eighty one games last year. Really? But, yeah. They were snowed out of a game, and just there was no reason to replay it. It wouldn't change anything, so they huh. just didn't replay it. Yeah, they were 41 and 40 last year. Or, sorry, two years ago. Anyway, um, so, but let's say, yeah, they're 43 and 39. Okay. Does Russell Westbrook win the MVP with these kinds of numbers, assuming they stay up these, you know, to these heights with a f- team that's only four games over 500? Let's say they eke into the eighth playoff spot in the West. Is it I enough? I think he has to. I think he has to. I mean, who's the second runner right now? James Harden? Yeah, it's got to be. Numbers James aren't Harden. even close. I mean, they're good. They're, they're really, really good. good. They're really good. Twenty-eight point one, eleven point six, seven point seven. I mean, not close though. That's amazing. But Russell Westbrook is thirty-one point one, eleven, ten point nine. Yeah, he's got him by three and a half rebounds, and only he's only down by half an assist. Harden must shoot a much higher percentage from the floor. Though, I would right? assume, and three point two. But also, Westbrook plays defense well. That's true. He's no joke on defense, and yeah. James Harden is. Actually, a joke on defense. Yeah. Like it's a it's a long running joke. That's a fair point. I like how you said that. Long so, how joke. can you possibly give it to Harden over Westbrook? I mean, if the Rockets win fifty six games, Harden and Westbrook's team wins no, forty three, they're going to do it. Got to give it to Westbrook. They're gonna, I mean, if he actually averages a triple double, they may give it to him because the stat of it, the sound of it, you know, it, it sounds good. It's like if someone gets you know. 50 home runs or bats 400, you're just going to give him awards because, like, batting 400, it wouldn't matter about everything else because it's something's been achieved. You know, it right. feels like, even though it's sort of an arbitrary number, really. But Well, know. I mean, later on in the show, we're going to have an NFL MVP discussion. And something that you and I talked about outside of the show yeah. was maybe it's time to throw out records, not entirely, but, yeah. like, not assume that we have to have, like, a strong contending playoff team as an MVP. Because, I like it. And yeah. I think that might be the case in the NBA, too. If If... The numbers end up the exact same. Sorry, I almost said exact same. If the numbers end up the same as they are right now with Westbrook and Harden as far as averages go, or even close, yeah. you have to give it to Westbrook over Harden. I agree with especially you. Especially considering that Westbrook plays both sides of the court. Harden might as well just stay on the offensive side of the court. Like He's garbage on defense. <laughs> I don't know if he's always garbage, right? He's well, he certainly often. isn't trying too hard. Some of the time. Yeah. Some of the time. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. That's great, and I, I think that's a wonderful thing to think about. Let's throw out all records from now on as we talk about this discussion. So Westbrook has got to be the number one guy. Is Harden still the clear number two guy? I think so. Anthony Davis has got to be up there now. Anthony right? Davis, yeah. 
Um, who else? I guess Durant and Curry are in the LeBron's always in the conversation. LeBron, that's that's pretty much Kawhi it. Kawhi Leonard's numbers are not good enough to really— I mean, he's getting like 28 a game. Yeah, but his other numbers aren't that good. He may be the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, but his other numbers aren't that good. But he might—his team might—oh, it doesn't matter how many games they win anymore. Yeah. It should matter a little bit. But anyway, um, he's got huge value, but okay. He's, you know, he's a top 10 player in the league. Would for you sure, vote right? for him if you were the MVP committee person? I mean, I vote for Westbrook. Yeah. For sure. Of course. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, this is interesting because this is going to be a nice little transition into our other topic for the NBA this evening. Okay. And it's about the real plus minus. So ESPN does their own stat, real plus minus, and it's a way of trying to measure the value of a player when they're off the floor versus when they're on their floor, take, on the floor, taking into account their teammates, opponents, all these different things. And uh, they've released all that stats now so we can see where people are. And there's some interesting names and interesting places. All right. Not surprisingly. I think we need to spend a little bit more time defining real plus minus. Please. So let's, let's start with what, uh, what plus minus is. Okay. All right. So this was, plus minus was one of the first advanced stats, right? And it's, it sure. is flawed, but it's essentially how many points your team wins or loses when you're on the court, which is a mm-hmm. nice stat. It's a smart stat to have. So real plus minus, I don't have all of what it is. But this is the way ESPN defines it. Cool. Okay? It's players. Uh, oh, lost it for a second. I think it's a proprietary thing, so I don't think they entirely will define it either. But go on. It's a player's estimated on-court impact on team performance measured in net point differential per 100 offensive and defensive possessions. Real plus minus takes into account teammates, opponents, and additional factors. Right. So plus uh, regular plus minus does not have that last sentence as part of it. It's just their net point differential per 100 offensive possessions. Right, yeah. yeah. It's just like it's it's just real I mean plus minus is not even the it's just the Oh, it's, it's not even just, per 100. Oh, it's, it's not just, even per 100. It's right, like yeah. so someone plays in the game and like, well, while wow, Kelly Olynyk was on the floor, the the Celtics outscored the other team by 4 yeah, points, yeah. so he's plus 4. And that's it. Right. It may have nothing to do with what Kelly did or didn't do. This is trying to take into account everything. It's yes. trying to. So, the very top of the list, not shocking like the top 5 or 6 players in the top six, you got... Uh, Number two is kind of shocking. Okay, yes. We'll get to him in a second. But, like, Chris Paul, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James are in five of the top six names. By the way, Kawhi Leonard is ninth. DeMarcus Cousins is tenth. I mean, those are, like, guys who wouldn't be shocking. Steph, Steph Curry is 11th. Steph Curry is 11th, sure. Number two is Jimmy Butler. That is pretty interesting, I that's, will say. That's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. That's I a, mean, he's good, man. He's fucking good. But no one would think he's better than James Harden or no. Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook. Right. right? And it's interesting that Chris Paul, by the way, is not just number one. He's number one by a mile and a half. Oh, yeah. His is 9.28, whereas Jimmy Butler's is 6.9. So just so we're clear, what they're saying with this stat is they're claiming per 100 possessions, which is essentially a game, if when Chris Paul is on the floor, he's worth plus nine points to his team every single game. Yeah. That's insane. And that's and the. It and tells that's you three that more the than the guy, next guy. Right, or two and a half more than the next guy, which is crazy. LeBron James is currently a full three points behind Chris Paul in sixth place. And when you get to guys like Anthony Davis, who we think of as being so good, they're at four points, number 17 on the list. Just really interesting. But the thing that is more interesting to me about this list is the guys who you really wouldn't expect to be on this list. Last year, that was a guy like Jay Crowder was, I think, number 22 on the list or something right. like that. This, this year, we have some really surprising names as well. Yep. So one of the names that stood out to me was Otter Porter Jr. at yeah. number 21, somehow. He's, he's, uh, is he ahead of John Wall and Bradley Beal? He is ahead of John Wall. John Wall's at number 32. Bradley Beal, I don't see him in the top 40. So he's the best real plus minus guy on the Wizards. Yes. That's kind of weird. It is a little bit strange. Now, I guess they're just giving him lots of credit for defense. Yeah. And not giving the other guys very much credit at all, right? Yeah. I mean, stuff like that as much as anything. 
Um, anyone else stand out to you as a particular surprise? Uh, yeah, Trevor Ariza, number 20. Yeah, that was the other really big surprise. Those two guys to me are like, the what? There are two other major surprises There to is. Me. There's, There's one other massive surprise coming up really soon. Yeah, Contavious right? K- Caldwell-Pope is number 22. That's I not mean, even the really big one. No, it's not. But he's a young up-and-coming player. Number 24. Yes. That's the biggest surprise. That's the craziest thing of all. It's Patty Mills. Patty Mills? Patty Mills. The backup point guard, let's, right? Let's name a couple players that Patty Mills is ahead of in okay. Real Plus Minus. Chris Stapps Porzingis. Sure. Uh, let's go with Rudy Gay. I mean, that's not a surprise. John Wall, though. John Wall. Jay Crowder. Mike, Mike Conley. Gordon Hayward. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is number 25, one after Patty Mills. I mean, it's hard to imagine that that could be right. It's possible <laughs> that this is, I mean, since it's a proprietary ESPN metric, yeah. perhaps it is flawed in ways that we don't understand. Perhaps. <laughs> At the same point. When you have new statistics, they shine a light on things that we didn't used to look yeah. at before. So when baseball got focused on on-base percentage for the first time ever, suddenly guys who like didn't get a very good batting average suddenly were looked at as being much more valuable than they had been, right? Because they drew so many walks. Right. So like if a guy was getting on-base 40% of the time, it didn't really matter how well he hit. You didn't have to have a good yeah. bat. Batting average suddenly was kind of immaterial. But up until then, if the guy was hitting 238 and drew a lot of walks, people just saw the 238 number and thought he right. sucked, right? But now that guy makes a crazy amount. That guy now makes you know 22 million dollars a year being a leadoff hitter, and it's and his life is good. Whoever that guy is, yeah. That before his life person. was shit, he was in the gutter. I mean, 238, man, you can't do that. I blame well. the statisticians. We will never have a statistician on staff. So the question is. Is Patty Mills one of the best 25 players in the league when he's been playing at least? Maybe it can't he, be true. But has he played better than almost everyone else in the league when he's been on the floor? Maybe that's the real question. I mean, is he good at defense? I don't really feel like I have that impression of him. Is he shooting like some unbelievable percentage from the floor? He I might be. He I got to look him up. He's the biggest anomaly for sure. I don't understand. I mean, Patty Mills is crazy. Patty Mills has always been a backup. Patty Mills, here we go. So he's playing 23 and a half minutes per game. Shooting 49% from the field, 44% from three. That's got to be a big part of it. He makes really free good. throws, but he never goes to the line. He's getting three and a half assists per game, two rebounds, no steals, no turnovers really, and 11 and a half points. I mean, maybe, maybe no turnovers. The, that, may, that might be a big deal. I mean, 1.3 turnovers and 3.6 assists. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Almost three to one turnover. That's assist good. To turnover. That's pretty good. But yeah. like, I don't understand it. But this is the way it was last year, too. I remember Jay Crowder was you know high up on this list and as a Celtics fan that was very exciting but it was a little hard to know what it meant really like All right. are we really saying Jay Crowder is one of the 25 best players in the league uh, yeah. how can it be I don't know it's hard he's I, pretty good I mean I think there's some there has to be some flaw in the stat where it's it doesn't actually show who the best player is that can't be true it's not like Chris anybody really believes Chris Paul's better than LeBron James right Probably not yeah. right but, but well, Paul's the, been awesome this year but this stat shows Chris Paul being two and a half points per 100 possessions better than the next guy, Chris Paul, over the entire league. Yeah, like that... Chris Paul's good. He's a perennial all-star, excellent player, good on offense and defense, but he's nothing close to the guys you would consider for MVP. He's nothing close to LeBron James. He's nothing close to Kevin Durant. But why do we say that? We say that because of the things that we traditionally care yeah, about, right? I guess so. Which is like assists, rebounds, and I guess playoff wins. How many How many? Well, playoff wins matter? I mean, like... Does it not matter that LeBron James almost single-handedly won the NBA championship last year? Like, I Chris mean, Paul has never it, won a championship. He's never been to a championship. No, he's never. If he's the best player in the NBA, he would be to a championship. LeBron James 
when he was younger on a terrible fucking Cavs team, went to the championship. Okay, that is not a fair comparison at all. There was no one else in the East. The West has been stacked the entire time Chris Paul's been in the West. It's not the same I mean, it's not fair. I've painted you into a corner a little bit, but at this moment, you're defending that Chris Paul is better than LeBron James. I'm not defending that, but what I'm saying is, are we... I mean, I can't disagree with you when you say, like, didn't LeBron James not win the title basically all by himself last year? Of course he did, and he almost won it the year before as well, by the way. I mean, I've never seen a performance like that before in my life, and... Except the other time he did it, right? Yeah. But at the same, but I, what I'm wondering is, is it possible, you know, 30 years from now, we're going to look back and look at Chris Paul and be like, oh, yeah, he was clearly the best player in the world. We just, like, they didn't know what they were talking about. We didn't know what we were talking about back I then. I mean, maybe it's possible, but I think you have, uh, like, maybe it's just because LeBron has the clout to get people who are good to play with him, but his... His overall resume is so much more impressive. I mean, Chris Paul has got, looks, I mean, pretty good teammates. He doesn't have a bench, yeah. but like J.J. Redick, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, those guys are good. Yeah. Right? I mean, no one thinks those guys suck. I, you know. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I can't imagine that we'll you know, look back 30 years and say Chris Ball was clearly better than LeBron James. Right. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're going to say that either. Yeah. But also, we're just talking about this year. Right. right? No, so in fairness to Chris Paul and LeBron James, like no one's saying Chris Ball's been better. We're just saying right. right now, the first 25 games of this season. So that he may be the best player in the league, but I wouldn't have known that. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm going to call up his numbers now, but I don't expect them to be anything close to like what Westbrook's been doing. I mean, what Westbrook's been doing is a lot of turnovers are involved in what Westbrook does. So that's part of it, I suppose. I mean, Paul's doing 18 points, nine and a half assists, 5.2 rebounds, two and a half steals. He's shooting the ball pretty well, 46% and 40% from three. He makes all his free throws, gets the line a fair amount of the time. But maybe we're not looking at maybe, – and maybe these numbers don't really encompass how good someone is. Like one of the things I've been noticing more as I've been watching basketball this year is the hockey assist. You know, mm. where someone makes the pass and then yep. someone else makes the pass, which gets the dunk. But the first pass is the play that is the pass that made it all happen. You know what I mean? Like, and then the other guy could have passed it, could not have passed it. But are the guy who made the pass, which mattered, doesn't get any credit for that on, right. the, on the stat sheet. So maybe Paul is making lots of plays like that. I have no idea. I'm just making this up. Right. But I'm wondering about that, you know? Yeah, fair enough. I, I don't mean, know. It's hard. It's hard to explain why a guy like Patty Mills or Otto Porter Jr. or whatever Maybe these guys are about to. Maybe Otto Porter Jr. is about to blow up. You know, in terms of ways that we can understand. Or but maybe, as Patty you're saying, Mills, this is a flawed test stat, which is Patty, also very Patty possible. Patty Mills is not about to blow up. He's been in the league for like seven years, yeah, yeah. doing the same thing. That's true. Right. But maybe I mean, he's playing great. All right. Here's maybe. a question. What's yeah. a bigger surprise? Okay. Patty Mills being number twenty-four, Four. or Chris Paul being two and a half points above number two? And it's Chris Paul. It's not like LeBron James or Kevin Durant is two and a half points over number yeah. two. I think it's still Patty Mills being 24 because I can't believe Patty Mills yeah. is number 24. But it's a fair question. I mean, Chris Paul is – I was just going to say he's clearly the best point guard in the league. But actually, James no, Harden's not. a point guard. Russell Westbrook's a point yep. guard. Giannis Steph is a Curry's point guard. A point Steph guard. Curry's a point guard. There's, wow, the point guard's position yeah. is, is insanely loaded. Right. Damian and, Lillard, we're not even talking about him but because he's not even in the conversation. But that guy's good. Right? I mean, that guy should not be making any all-star games anytime soon, honestly, because it's just too stacked. Yeah. It's too stacked. Yep. How's he supposed to get in? He's got Harden, Paul, and Westbrook in front of him. Yeah. And Curry. Yep. All those guys play in the West. He should never make the team. That sucks for him. <laughs> yeah. He didn't make it last year. Yep. But he's really good offensively. Yes. Not so good defensively. Right. Harden, too. Yeah. Harden better offensively. Yep. And but... worse, worse defensively. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So it's an interesting thing when, when like, advanced stats come out. Because the other thing that happens with advanced stats is – 
there's a natural skepticism, I think, from everyone who isn't like on the cutting edge and paying attention to this stuff. You know, like we there's the stats we know and we trust, and then there's stats we don't trust, essentially. And like you see it all the time in baseball and actually football and everything, even basketball, where like people sort of cling to their old things. RBIs are important and like stupid things like that. Like an RBI is has almost no value, right? Tracking that. Um, and someone somewhere is listening to this and is upset that I said that, but sorry, <laughs> it's true. It's probably a dentist. It's <laughs> it's got to be a dentist. Like runs matter, but like and it says something about the player. But RBIs don't. Like sacrifice flies don't. Those things don't matter. There's no. It just happens to be that someone was on base when that happened. It's, you know, these guys don't have that much control over where the ball goes when they hit it. That's yeah. to pretend otherwise is just folly. It's just farce. Farce folly. Farce and folly. More alliteration. I'm going for it. It's. Fauna and it's flora. fucked up. There you go. That's yeah. better. Nice job. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I just wonder about it, and I would guess that mo- it's much more likely than not that what you're saying is true. And ESPN is not done a great job with this, and that, although they're trying, and maybe and certainly, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah, like I think we need better advanced stats. I think someone does an adjusted real plus minus where they're trying to like take what ESPN's doing and like make it better. But mm. I don't think people really trust those stats yet either. So I'll say this: a lot of like the the biggest stat heads I know do think a lot of the real plus minus stuff. Yeah, but they don't. They don't think it's the only thing. They think all the stats are flawed. Right, know, of course. So it's. I mean, it's like the best of the worst, right? right. So well, the best of the worst. The best of the the batch, and there's nothing that's good. How about that? Oh, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, like we. It's just hard to know. Like if we ever get a number which really measures everything, I mean, if someone if some team had that, they shouldn't share it, right? Yeah, they should keep that to themselves. And maybe the Warriors are doing that actually. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, this is a good time as any to. Go to halftime. We'll come back, talk a little NFL. Enjoy the halftime show. Katy Perry's playing. Finally. It's quarter number three. It's time to get into the NFL or beer number seven. Seven. The Magnificent Seven. That's the name of a movie. Yeah, and a wonderful story. Yeah. Because I don't call them movies. To me, they're stories. Oh, okay. So when you say, I'm going to go see a movie, you're going to say, I'm going to see one of my stories. I'm going to go to see one of my stories now. Yeah. Also, General Hospital is one of my favorite stories. Yeah. It's a really long one, but it's (laughs) wonderful. It's kind of circuitous. So many twists and turns, though. Like crazy the amount of things that happen in a week on that show. I know. Crazy. I don't know. Okay. I used to watch it as a kid. This is a sports show. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Some way. It's a sports show. So uh, we're kind of deep into the NFL season, Grant. Week uh, week ninety five. Week ninety five of the National Football League. Grant. Yeah, <laughs> the face he made was really priceless. Eventually, people. this will be a video show, and you'll and you'll enjoy this with yeah. me instead of just having me t- describe slightly what his face looked like. Yeah, he was very unhappy for that moment. So anyway, um, by the way, eh, forget it. So let's talk about the NFL. MVP. <laughs> oh no, everybody wants to know. Oh uh, really? Yeah. I can talk about it for a second. Okay. Is it personal? No, it's not personal. It's a drunk sports related uh, thing from our drunk sports Twitter. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, you know, we took a, a bye week last week, people. Yeah. And uh, Colin West actually tweeted out that he programmed his phone to autocorrect NFL to National Football League because he missed us for that. That's week. so cute. And then he wrote, "Helped, but not enough." That Aww. is, I mean, that guy's just the best. I know, you love him so. <laughs> okay. Physicist. So. Uh, we're is he a close. zoologist also? <laughs> <laughs> I, apparently, he's an astronomist. <laughs> astronomist? <laughs> I love astronomists. <laughs> that sounds like someone who's like a, a specialist at like meat and stuff like that, you know? Like uh, pastro- meat? Pastrami. Oh, pastronomist? Pastro- <laughs> <laughs> we need a resident pastronomist, for sure. That way we can have the finest pastrami known to man. 
Something about that really hit me in the right place. It seemed to, yeah. That was incredible. Pastronomist. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm wiping away the tears. I'll just say that. Okay. So, in the NFL, we're, what, 14 weeks in, right? We yes. got three, three games left. It's time to start talking a little bit more about the National Football League Most Valuable Player Award. I think it is. So, let's get into it. Okay. So, there's not that many reasonable candidates It's one year. of the years, I don't remember the last year where it was so in flux, in the hyperflux. In the, yeah, the hyperflux yeah. area that it's in right now. It's a little bit odd. Um, I think at this point, probably the consensus frontrunner is Tom Brady. Yeah. Probably. He's got, I mean, really impressive numbers. He's 22 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's uh, closing in on 2,900 yards. Of course, he did miss the first three, four games of the season. Right. Pats have only lost once since he came back. They're pretty darn good. They're looking like the favorite to come out of the AFC for the Super Bowl. But can you really claim he's so valuable when the Patriots were crushing without him? And the only reason they lost is because the quarterback that was playing was Jacoby Brissett, who was very bad. Well, wait, were they crushing without him or did they lose because they didn't have a good quarterback? Which was it? Gotcha. What I'm saying is a replacement level quarterback could have won that game. Jacoby Brissett could not. Jacoby Brissett won a game for He them. did. And he was worse than a replacement-level quarterback. He was not great. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you there. Jimmy Garoppolo is maybe good, but he it's hard to tell. He played well. the Patriots have just such a good system, and they're really good. Yeah. He did play well, though, before he got hurt. So, so value is based on—should be based on your value above replacement, right? Okay. So do you think the 22 touchdowns and two interceptions is valuable? No. <laughs> okay. Good Simple answer. answer. No, that's an excellent answer. I hate the Patriots, and I hate you. I know you do. Yeah. That's That's— Adorable. It's Thank you. Darling. Thank you. That you're that way. And everyone thinks that about you. I think they it. do. Um, Brady. That's how I uh, keep on going. What'd you say? That's how you keep on going. <laughs> Brady's passer rating is a 113.6, which I believe would break the all-time record were to hold. Well. So it's like pretty good, you yeah. know? He's a, he's a great player. His career uh, passer rating, by the way, is a 97.1, which is also very impressive. Oh, yeah, I get it. Okay, time. you're a Patriots fan. Who cares? People think, you know, he might be the best quarterback of all time. It's reasonable. Okay, that doesn't mean he should be MVP. But the question is, should he be MVP? Or He did miss the first four games, and your points are not crazy. The Patriots were 3-1 and one without him. Should he be MVP? And if not, who should be MVP? All right, I got a couple points to make. Okay. All right, first of all, Dak Prescott, as a rookie, until this week, had a pretty good Chance at it, I think. But he kind of shit the bed this week. He kind of didn't really have a good week against the Giants. The Giants' defense looked really good, and Dak Prescott did not. Well, let me make a case against Dak Prescott. Okay. Ready? Okay. So the Cowboys actually and the Patriots have the same record. So I know Dak Prescott looked bad in this one game, but he's been effective and stuff like that. His passer rating is almost 103, so it's a little bit worse than Brady's. He's 113, but not bad. Prescott's played four more games than Brady. He's got... I think two, 300 more passing yards, two less touchdowns, two more interceptions. I don't see how you could ever make the case. Right. That I, Prescott I mean, the last, the the last game really fucked him. I, it really did. But even without that last game, Prescott had, what, two, two picks. Brady's already passed him in touchdowns. I mean, Brady's played four less games. He's yeah. almost got the same amount of yards. Brady's been better. Right. Yes. So, okay, I so the other quarterback contender would be Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. Because the Falcons are actually good this year. The right. Falcons are good. Yeah. Yes. Do you have Matt Ryan's numbers? I'm calling them up as we speak. They're they're just a you know they're a, just the a heartbeat away. away. It's a little hard to here we go. Matt Ryan. So Matt Ryan has a 113 passer rating, similar to Brady. Yeah. He's got 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's pretty darn That's good. That's incredibly good. He's got 4,000 passing yards already. So this is pretty all right. The uh, Falcons are not as good a team. 
No. So there's that. But we talked about that in our NBA segment. We did. We're, we're not, we're, I mean, like, they're still very good. I mean, they have a winning record. They're good. They're good. They're good. I mean, the Patriots and the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders, and so, the Falcons are not, right? So projected out, Matt Ryan's going to get, like, 4,600 yards and 35 touchdowns. Maybe 40 touchdowns, yeah. even. Yeah. And 10 interceptions. I mean, it's yeah. going to be very impressive. Matt Ryan's a legit... Legit, assuming they don't like lose two of the last three games or something like that, I think he's a legit candidate. All right, right? I want to take it off the rails a bit for a second okay. because this is something I've ranted about on Drunk Sports before. Uh, I don't think MVP is a good distinction in the NFL where the positions are so different. Obviously, yeah. the only people we've discussed are quarterbacks. So far. There's a reason for that. Quarterback is clearly the most valuable position on the team. Yeah. So... MVP should always essentially go to a quarterback unless something insane happens. And sometimes something insane happens. Adrian Peterson won MVP right, a number of years back. Did he actually deserve it? He did. He ran for over 2,000 yards. Yeah. His quarterback was terrible, and the Vikings made the playoffs. They had a winning record and made the playoffs. It was sort of shocking. I think they won their division. There's that, but there might have been a quarterback who actually deserved it more if you're going by true value. Oh, fair enough. If you're yeah. if you're just saying who is actually brings the most sort of value and value being like uh, if we put a number on it. So yeah, like how many wins they're right, worth. Right. right. It's, it's just hard to say that you'd ever think a running back could, could best a quarterback. Right. So it's been a while. It's been, what was that, 2009 or something? Something like that. But I don't think it should be MVP in the NFL. I think it should be most excellent player, MVP. Right. The player who is the best at their position. And, of course, there are still positions that are going to be overlooked because they're very difficult to judge, like offensive linemen. And, I mean, they're not that as difficult to judge as I'm saying, but they're Difficult to give the award to, right? Because their stats aren't fun and nobody cares. So wait, what's the difference in your mind, MEP versus MVP? So like an MEP could be on a team that loses a lot of games. Is that your point? No, it's that they could be a non-quarterback more easily. Like J.J. Watt should have been oh, the MEP I see. two years. But, but, because he's it, ne- but he's not a quarterback. But so because the word valuables and their quarterback yeah. is always going to be more valuable. Right. That's your point. Fair enough. That's actually kind of a great point. They do have Offensive Player of the Year. In the NFL, which usually does not go, and in fact, it never goes to the MVP, which is sort of a nod yeah. to what you're talking about. But then it's always going to be um, like a running cares. back. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, no one. So let me uh, let me continue on my tangent Please. here for a second. So if JJ Watt, who is maybe going to retire, which will be sad. Yeah, it's over for him. Yeah, uh, but if if he had one of his two best seasons this year, this might be a year that he could have won. Like for example, in let's see the in the year 2014. He had 20.5 sacks, four forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries, an interception with a touchdown on the interception, by the way, and 15 passes batted down. Like, that, I mean, that, that should win this year. I mean, that sounds really good, but I'm going to just play devil's advocate for a second here, okay? That's something like twice a game he did one of those things. So what about the other... You know, 60 plays that were run. He obviously was disruptive in other ways. I mean, but but what you're using as measurement is only measuring, like, tw- two, two things a game, the entire game. I agree he probably is, but I don't know if those numbers are enough alone. He also has to be wildly disruptive, right? But don't you think—because that, that was 2014. That was yeah. Peyton Manning's Insano year, right? Okay, yeah. So he had no chance. Right, and, and and he was obviously very, very good. Also, this, this he, caught, year, he caught touchdown passes yeah, too, didn't he? This year, I think he would have a chance. Yeah, I agree. He also had a year like that two years prior that was very similar. Like, I think I think he would have a chance this year, but I don't think he'd win. I think they'd give it to Ryan or Brady anyway in the end. That would be fucking I lame. I just think that's what they're going to do. That's just fucking lame. It's just what they do. Because in the end, they look back and they're like, J.J. Watt's nice. He had this great year. And guess what? The Texans are 8-8. Eight eight. So how valuable can he really be? He right, be that's the best why player he should be the most excellent player. Right. 
Yeah. All okay. Right. Fair so enough. I like okay. that. So I let's explore some other options that are not quarterbacks. Yeah, I have a few. All, All right. Let me bring one it. up, and then you can bring up yeah. some of yours. I have David Johnson here. Okay, that's a great option. Yeah. So David Johnson this year has run for almost 1,100 yards, averaging 4.4 yards a carry. He also has 69 receptions for 745 yards. He scored 15 total touchdowns. He's only lost two fumbles, or four total fumbles. So this is really impressive, right? I mean, yeah. 15 total touchdowns so far with three, through 13 games is just kind of knock your socks off. Projecting, projecting it out, David yeah. Johnson will end up with 2,300 total yards, mm-hmm. including 85 receptions yeah. and 19 touchdowns. Yeah. That's projecting it out if, it, if he stays consistent. Yeah. Which he may, he may or may not. But, yeah, but that's, that's, those are pretty insane numbers. That's pretty outrageous. You're right. So this guy is having about as good a year as you can have at the running back position, mainly because of all the receptions, right? Yeah. He's receiving, as many people have pointed out, like more effectively than DeAndre Hopkins is partially because DeAndre's been so bad in fairness. Right. But still, I mean, it's just pretty wild that this can even be the case, right? Right. And the only people you can consider offensively that are not quarterbacks, I think, are David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Those I got are, his numbers know. here, too. All right. Let's hear those. Because I was thinking the same thing. So Ezekiel Elliott's run so far for 1,400 yards. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry. So he's getting half a yard more than David Johnson. Right. Now, we could argue that's because of the Cowboys line. Of course. So it's hard to know who gets credit here. He's got 12 rushing touchdowns, so one more than David Johnson. He's got 28 receptions for 322 yards and a touchdown from there. Four fumbles as well, only lost one. Right. He will have slightly fewer total yards and one fewer total touchdown if you projected it out than David Johnson. I think Johnson would be a better candidate if it weren't for the records of the teams. Here's the question I have about both these guys. All right. Are there 12 other guys we could pull from the NFL who are not currently in the situations these guys are in, put them in these situations, and would they be as almost or nearly as successful or nearly as successful? I'm going to say a different answer for each guy. Okay. Good. I think David Johnson has proven himself to be a unique talent more than Ezekiel Elliott has. Because of the reception. Because of the receptions yeah. and the offensive line that Ezekiel Elliott is working with. Mm-hmm. Like I think Alfred Morris, who is Ezekiel Elliott's backup, would have a worse year than Ezekiel Elliott, but not 50% worse. Yeah. Maybe 20% worse. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, if we put, I mean, what if we put Melvin Gordon in Dallas? Would Melvin Gordon just be have the best numbers anyone's yeah, ever might. seen? Maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that with David Johnson is different. Like that guy is kind of special. Like no one is catching this many passes yeah. as a as a running back and also running for this kinds of yards. It just doesn't happen. Right. Well, Le'Veon Bell is, but okay, he, Le'Veon Bell. Fine. Le'Veon Bell would certainly be in the conversation, but he missed the first three games. Yeah, that that hurt him for the marijuana. The marijuana. Right. So, uh, okay. So, I wanted to bring up a couple other things oh, good. about this. Receivers don't win MVP, but th- if there was going to be a year, this is the type of year. It's not the year because re- there's no, like, great receiver. There's no Antonio, obvious standout. Yeah, Antonio Brown has been the best receiver so far up to this point, but it's not good enough. Like, he's projected for 114 receptions for 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. Yeah. Which is a great year. Yeah. But... To win MVP over a quarterback, you have to have like twenty touchdowns. You have to have a Randy Moss here, you know, in or close to it anyway. Yeah. yeah, you have to be like. Also, you have to have clear separation from everyone else. So one, you have to be great, and two, you have to be greater than everyone. Like, go back to your most excellent thing. Yeah. Like, if you're not going to be a quarterback, you have to be by far the best receiver, not just like slightly the best receiver. I think to win, right? right. So Antonio Brown has to put up like three hundred more yards receiving. And also be on a good team and have it be a down year for quarterbacks, basically, for him to win. It's right. a really tough parlay. Right. Like so Calvin Johnson never won. It can't right? be him. And I don't think it can be a defensive player this year either. I think if it was a, one of the J.J. Watt years when he had those incredible 
numbers. Yeah. Maybe it could be a J.J. Watt year, but the best-looking defensive players this year are Von Miller, who's been fine. He's got 13 and a half sacks. He's probably going to end up with 17. I mean, he's the Denver's 8 and 5 and it's basically cuz of him, right? Yeah, Just he's saying. A, yeah, so he's a he's a candidate. I mean, Atlanta's defense is considered very bad. Yes. But Vic Beasley, this guy who's 24 years old, this guy has impressive numbers. He's also has 13 and a half sacks and six forced fumbles. Like that's crazy. I mean, that's a lot, but that's also again, that's one play per game we're talking about. We're talking about 13 and a half sacks, right? right? And then we got Khalil Mack with similar numbers. Right. So I don't think a defensive player can win it. It's so hard because the other thing is an offense can move can like play away from almost all the defensive players. Like when Deion Sanders was on the 49ers and the Cowboys and things like that, he would take away half the field, but it means he didn't have to do very much work because no one just would just no one ever throw that way. Yeah, right? that's that's what I mean, I brought up a bunch of of pass rushers because that's the most easy metric on defense. Right. But it's hard like it's hard to really give it to somebody like in, I don't know, 2010 or something, when Namdi Asamoah was the best cornerback in the NFL, and there was zero catches against him for the entire year. Did that really happen? Maybe it was one. It was either wow. zero or one catches against him for the entire year, but he had, like, no interceptions because nobody would throw at him. I mean, it's weird to say, like, he's the best player. He did nothing. Yeah. I mean, basically, he had to, he didn't have to do anything. I mean, he forced them to play in this whole other area and made it easier on everyone else, but... It's weird. It's like a negative instead of a right. positive. You know, I it's supposed to like the quarterback who affects every play if they want to. You know, right? You know what? I think one of the and this might be because I'm a Bears fan, but I'm going to bring it up. Jay Cutler for MVP. Yeah, of course. Of everyone, course, everyone feels that way. Yeah, everyone feels that way. No, but one of the positions, not necessarily even a position, but special teams players maybe should be in consideration for MVP in a similar way in terms of value even as quarterbacks because mm-hmm. how valuable was Devin Hester to the 2006 Bears I don't know that team had no offense they were not very good on offense their defense was great really really great mm-hmm. but Devin Hester not only is not because he scored six return touchdowns that's not why I'm saying this it's okay. because the other team would generally give the Bears the ball at the 40 to start the game like that's how good he was like when they, they kicked out of bounds, they would if they couldn't get a touch. It used to be further back. Remember back then, yeah, to the twenty. Yeah, yeah. so well, not not the twenty. I'm saying the uh, when they where they kicked from was further back. Oh, until, okay. So touchbacks were a lot harder to get. Uh-huh. So after a couple of games, people would start kicking it out of bounds. That really happened on yeah. purpose. Yes. Wow. So the Bears would start at the forty. That's insane. And on punts, they would never ever kick to Devin Hester. You right. Know? There's no chance, and the punters would often make a mistake, and it would go out of bounds way too early. Like the field position gained by Devin Hester without him touching the ball was insane. Mm-hmm. So, a t- like maybe a player like that is worthy of an MVP consideration. It's weird where the threat of the players' yeah. play then would be in theory um, worthy of an award. You know, like I understand Devin Hester actually did score touchdowns yeah. too. But it's more like the things he didn't even have to do because people were so afraid of him, right? That yeah. he, he should get credit for that. That is but, value, though, But right? at the same point, how much? It's, it's weird to give him more credit than, say, for someone like Calvin Johnson like making some incredible catch in the end zone where he actually did something. Right. Rather than he just was a decoy and someone else made the catch, you know? Yeah, I understand that. But the value of those yards was huge, for, sure. especially for a team like the Bears who really didn't have— the Rex Grossman was the fucking quarterback. That guy's a piece of shit. When was the last time they had a good quarterback? Never. I mean, I cannot remember. Jim McMahon, does he count? No. I think maybe Jim <laughs> no. McMahon. <laughs> They've never had a good quarterback. <laughs> wow. Jay Cutler might be their best quarterback Sid ever. Luckman, was he on the Bears? Or was yeah, that... yeah, Sid Luckman, but I don't know anything about that. He that was, was like considered the 50s good. or something. He's right? considered good. Yeah. Why don't they get a good quarterback? They're trying. Are they? 
I mean, what have they done to try? They traded for Jay Cutler. That didn't work, and that's it, right? That's the last time they, they tried. They had uh, what's his name who started on the bucket? Jason Freeman, and or is that his name? Oh, Freeman. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think it was Jason, but somebody, Justin, somebody Freeman. He that guy was no good though. The Bucks drafted him. Said right away, this guy's a backup. The coach was saying he's a backup. He's never going to start for us. He's the guy who went down. That then the Raiders traded for Carson Palmer. They were having a great year. Oh no, that's a different guy. You're thinking. Oh, the guy. Um, the guy who went down was then on the Browns as as late as last year. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different guy. I don't remember his name. Okay. Now. Well, this is a terrible discussion. Yeah, we're really blown this one. Yeah. Pretty bad. Point is, the Bears suck. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> okay. So let's. So coming back, circling back to in the end. Okay, you have a vote. I'm giving you an MVP okay. vote. You can just you know decide MVP means anything you want. It's your interpretation. Who are you voting for? Uh, I might go David Johnson just because I don't want to give it to a quarterback on a down quarterback year. That's kind of a principal thing. It's yeah. not because I really believe that he's more valuable than any of the quarterbacks we're talking about, but it's because it's kind of upsetting to me that quarterbacks always win MVP, and this is a down quarterback year. So it's an opportunity to give it to somebody else. Okay. And I, I think David Johnson is the best candidate that's not a quarterback. I think it's a reasonable thought. I would just I can't get away from the fact that the Cardinals I think are now three games under five hundred. Yeah, I know. It's really hard to give that award to. But we're a trying guy. to not think. I understand what I'm saying. I I can't not think about it entirely. I think right now I give it to Matt Ryan. Matt so, Ryan is fair. That's a fair. Like he's having a great year. His numbers are kind of eye popping. Yeah. The Falcons are not amazing, but they're good. Like it's enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, pro- that's probably right. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Do a little. Let the drunk fix it. We're back. It's time for Let the Drunk Fix It. Or if you're sending in via Twitter, it's hashtag LTDFI. Because Twitter is for the cool ones. The kids love it. They don't it. like to say the full words because, you know, there's a character limit. That's the only reason, yeah. really. It's, it's changed abbreviations in this country for sure. In the world. In the world. Twitter's for everyone, not just for the United States. I'm just going to say that. Wow. You yeah. are just so progressive. I'm striking a blow <laughs> for globalization. Yeah. What beer number is that? Eight. Okay, so we got some work. Beer to number do. eight. Don't intimidate. Don't hate. <laughs> nice. Strong. Everybody skate. But you got to drink more. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how this works. In case you're new, Brandon is of course at his drunkest, and he will continue to get drunker. I'm going to pose some sports dilemmas and sometimes non-sports dilemmas, of course, to Grant for him to creatively solve as best he can. We've had some pretty wild things happen. I'll let the drunk fix it in the past. Let's see what happens this time. Hopefully nobody dies this time. Well, you that know. Was, I'm sorry, Jeff. I mean, people die. Yeah. I mean, that's just a fact of life, though. That's sorry nature. to Jeff's family. Nature. Jeff's family loves the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> anywho. To them, it was worth it. Chuck Pagano. Yep. Head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Not a good coach. Wow, you're just coming right out and yep. saying it, huh? The Colts gave him a uh, an extension last season, at the end of last season, as well yeah. as, by the way, Ryan Grigson, the GM. Okay. So they're sticking with this guy. They like this guy, apparently. Okay. So <laughs> Chuck Pagano recently said this. All right. <laughs> he was talking about running the football and what he calls December football. Being able to run it gives you a chance. You look at the numbers. When we have more rushes than our opponent has, we generally win 80% of the time. But wait, there's more. Okay. Our game, 
He's talking about um, the playoffs now from the last season, right? Okay. He says, our game when New England played them, New England rushed 46 times. In all other three divisional games, the winners all rushed for 30 times and averaged 144 yards. The losing teams averaged 80 yards rushing. So will we ever change? No. I think the statistics alone from this past weekend are enough to continue to make me a believer. Okay, so— in what? <laughs> in that rushing the ball. The more you rush the ball, the more you're likely to win. So that's what Chuck's talking about. Okay. So how am I, what am I supposed to fix? <laughs> <laughs> so you're the Colts. You have decided this guy's your coach. You've signed him to an extension. You're sticking with Chuck Pagano. But you have to fix the fact that he thinks running the ball, by the way, with Andrew Luck as his quarterback, running the ball a lot is the reason why you win versus the reason why you you win when you're ahead you you tend to run the ball more to consume time and things like that and so winning teams of course have more rushing attempts than losing teams right. but it has nothing to do with that's not a correlated or it's correlated but it's it's not a causal relationship so i think chuck pagano maybe maybe he took ap stats but he probably got a 1 a like, 1 yeah that's the lowest <laughs> is that bad okay. it's really bad um i'm going to say chuck pagano needs to take ap stats okay that's that's step 1 Good. We're going to send Chuck Pagano back to high school. Oh, it's high. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Because in Chuck Pagano's world, let's, I mean, it, it's so easy to debunk what he's saying. If I'm a reporter in that room, I say, why would you not run the ball 100% of the plays? Correct. And then guaranteed to win. Right. Right. It's like a guaranteed win. So does Chuck Pagano think that? I mean, does Chuck Pagano <laughs> think that? <laughs> I. I'm going to say two things. He can't think that, right? And yet, he might think that. Because surely people have said the things that I just said to him about the causation thing yeah. and why winning teams run more and things like that. Not that you run more and that lets you win, but because you're winning, you run more. Right. right. So he's heard that, but he doesn't seem to be able to process or understand that. So it does bring up a fair question. Why doesn't he run the ball 100% of the time? Yeah. Maybe That's, he thinks like we well we won't get enough first downs that way, so we need to pass to get the first downs, then we can run more, you know, and that way we'll have we'll up our rushing attempts. I wow, that's just <laughs> embarrassing. Holy shit, it's okay, crazy. So, so I don't it, I don't know much about the GM. Chuck Pagano said that. Yes. Um, Jim Ursay, the owner, yeah, is a disaster. That that's the <laughs> he guy. He likes to party, you know. He likes to party. He likes to take a shitload of pills and then drive everywhere. I that's mean, what he lot, loves to do. In fairness, a lot of people like to do that. Yeah, but Jim Ursay. Notably does. Yes. Yes. That's So I don't think the Colts have a chance to ever do anything good for a while unless they just luck into another Peyton Manning because holy shit, that stuff you're telling me about Chuck Pagano is some of the dumbest things that I've heard for a while. For a guy who's in that position right. of power, he doesn't understand the general basic principles of what is going on. Yeah. He's an NFL coach. You don't even have to understand game theory, which certainly is part of this, but you don't actually have to understand game theory to understand that... When you are passing well, it makes your running game better. And when you're winning, you run more to run out the clock. Like, that's so easy. Yeah, those things seem like they make a lot of so sense. So the fix is to fire Chuck Pagano, obviously. Who cares about his contract? Okay, we're not allowed to do that. That's not part. The Colts have hired you to fix this problem because they want to keep Pagano. If okay. they wanted to fix it, they just fire him anyway. So. All right, so here I, I have a – okay. So I, I already started the fix a little yeah. bit. It's sending Chuck Pagano to high school. 
Right. So <laughs> now let me ask, is this one of those things like like the movies or something like that where he's like 55-year-old Chuck Pagano yeah. and there's like 16-year-old Sally Mae sitting next to him? And does he end up in like relationship no, to these No, girls? we're not going to go creepy with this Because that one. happened in 21 Jump Street and Jonah Hill is like playing like a 27-year-old and he's hooking up with uh, Brie Larson. That movie was Who wonder- is in high school? That movie was wonderful. It was. It was hilarious. I was very glad it happened. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a questionable decision. Anyway, no, what we're going to do, it's not going to okay. be a movie. All right, it's going to be a reality show. Oh, this show. is real. Oh, a reality show. I like Do you it. understand this, Jonathan? Not I think yet. you have to understand how we can really capitalize here okay. because not only are we going to educate our coach, we're going to send Chuck Pagano, not only to statistics, I'm worried about the rest of his thought process <laughs> I mean, as that's well. fair at this because, point. Because, like, that's just terrible. So we're going to start him in freshman year, you know, and okay. it's, so it's going to be at least four years. It probably is going to be more. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be in high school. And it's going to be a reality show at the same time that the Colts profit from. It's oh, gonna be that's good. Chuck goes to high school is what oh. it's called. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just Chuck Pagano in high school, living his life, learning, being taught by 28-year-olds, you know, like stuff like that. And so you, what you do is you send Chuck Pagano to high school and you make it a reality show. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Okay. I have to say. I kind of love that. Um, now, the problem is high school happens while the NFL season is going on. So how is he going to be a head coach at the same time? Oh, you just keep him on retainer. Or something. Well, you you tell him something that he doesn't understand anything anyway. He's so. apt to believe it. Whatever. Yeah. It is. So they're like, "Oh, you. Have, how long is this contract?" Um, I guess I would guess he signed a four year. Okay, so he has a four year extension. He's like, "Okay, your four year extension starts after you go to high school." Oh, okay. So we'll just you know. So he's gonna miss the next we'll four a, years of we'll coaching. We'll give you a fourteen thousand dollars a year stipend. <laughs> Wait, no, he's gonna miss the next four years though. Someone else is gonna coach the Colts. Or he it doesn't matter. He has to coach. He's the either there or he's not. I don't think it matters if he's there based on the way he thinks. I mean, like, he could he could show up, I guess, for the weekends and yeah. just coach. Then it probably doesn't hurt the team any. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Did they did they just really screw up by letting go of Bruce Arians? Because it seems like they did. Obviously, they did. They clearly did. Yeah, like Chuck Pagano. Obviously, he had a medical issue. It was sad, but he, he recovered. It was fine. You know what he had, right? Yeah, he had cancer. The cancer. Yeah. Yeah, but so do they only keep him because he had cancer? Is that a question we need to ask? I don't think it was a big thing until last season when it looked like finally. Like, his first year there, they were good. Yeah. And then they were not great, but okay. And then they and then he started saying things like this. And then they were bad. Yeah. So, he's been bad. He's been a bad coach. And yeah. maybe he has one season of a good track record. But Bruce Arians is clearly a good coach. Yeah. So, it seems like a mistake. To- I mean, they, they couldn't keep Bruce Arians and, and not... Let Chuck be the coach when they hired yeah. him, and then he had to shave his head, and everyone was Chuck strong for the whole year. And it was know? really touching and great. It, it was, was great. It Remember, was wonderful. I saw the cheerleader shaved her head. Yeah, and Bruce and Bruce Arians like cried during a press conference about it. It was it was like really it was touching and good. And I'm glad Chuck Pagano recovered, and I'm very happy for him. Do you think Chuck? But knew I don't think was, I don't think he's a good NFL coach. Do you think Chuck knew what was going on that entire year? He's like, why am I not coaching, and why? Are, what are all these people doing? Do you think any of it made any sense to him? <laughs> because you think he's just incompetent. I mean, you're the one who wants him to start in ninth grade i mean well i think it, that's more of a it's a fun fix you know? <laughs> like come on i mean how do you not understand causality it's very odd yeah it's the kind of thing i would expect herm edwards might still say but herm edwards hasn't been an nfl coach for a long time at this point right yeah and i bet herm edwards would be a better coach you know he might be yeah he might be they're both you know i i would be afraid if they were both on jeopardy heads up It'd be a very long match, and yeah, no one I would guess win. So. It'd be like negative twenty-one thousand to negative nineteen thousand at the end. There would be no final Jeopardy for anyone. I guess so. All right, that was pretty good. Okay. Chuck goes to high school. It's yep. a great name, and it, and that's and that's a reality. You make money on that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the Colts will be thrilled to make some money somewhere, yeah. I'm sure. Right. Jim Mercy, maybe he can have a little hookup with his pill connection, too. You know, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of drugs you know, in get, high school. Get some oxy from that, from Steve. From Matt, yeah. <laughs> Matt and Steve, the yeah. drug dealers. Yeah. <laughs> They're all preppies. Oh, would it be a private school? It would have to be a private school, right? I think the Colts would spring for a private they, school. They would. Yeah. You know, this reminds me a little bit of Tony Danza. Do you know about this? He had a reality show called Teach. No. Nope. He actually started teaching in a real high school as a teacher. And they what? filmed it. I swear to God this happened. It only lasted one season, sadly. So he, really ruined, ha- he ruined a bunch of kids' lives or what? I mean, I think he, you know, did an incredible thing for these kids. He got them on television? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Some of these kids are going to have great futures yeah. now, you know? Um, yeah, but he actually tried to teach. And apparently there – I remember this. This is from like five years ago now. But there's like scenes in like the third episode where the, the principal is talking to him and telling him, you know, you have to like reach out to these kids. And, you know, Tony was apparently a very bad teacher. Which I, is not a surprise. That's not a. He's an actor. <laughs> what do you he cares, expect? man. He cares. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, and who's the boss? He taught Angela a thing or two. He wasn't the boss. <laughs> the answer what, was not Tony. No. Who was the boss? There was a rat under the floorboards. He controlled all the minds of the people in the house. The rat. Yeah. So the rat was the boss. Yeah. Rat boss. Yeah. That Nobody ever been the thought of, of that show. answer. That should have been the name of the show anyway. Rat I would boss. watch Rat Boss. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> that would be incredible. Okay. Okay. Moving on. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. Fixed it. Okay. Staying in the realm of the human heart and mind. Wow. That's right. That's an obnoxious way to start a something. <laughs> a, a basketball player's heart is an ocean of secrets, you know? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so recently, like last week, J.R. Yeah. Smith yeah. was playing defense for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. And he turned around. And he saw, I think they were playing, it's not Charlotte, it's some mediocre team. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. New Orleans? Maybe it was New Orleans. He turned around and he saw Jason Terry, who he's friends with, yeah. was sitting on the bench of the New Orleans team. Let's, just, let's assume it's New Orleans. And J.R. Smith turned his back to the ball, walked off the court, gave Jason Terry a big handshake and a hug while the play was going on. The Hornets are... Pelicans or whoever it was got a dunk, of course. And Jared Smith, like, then, you know, continued to hug the guy and then got off and then ran back on offense. That actually happened. That's a real thing. What? Yeah, that happened last Why didn't week. I know about that? I can't believe you didn't see it or hear about it. I didn't. It, be, it was a thing. Wow. It was a thing. If, folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just type in J.R. Smith, Jason Terry into Google. It'll probably be the first result. Like, you can't miss it. This really happened. J.R. Smith did this. Okay. Okay. So Jared Smith, known for being a little bit of a, I'm going to call him a loose cannon. Right. Is that In the fair? past, he, during free throws, has tied his opponent's shoelaces together. I mean, that's awesome. It's though, amazing. Fairness, right? Like, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of incredible, too. Yeah. In some ways, I don't want this to be fixed. However, the Cleveland Cavaliers are, you know... In the running for another title, they're the defending champions. J.R. Smith is a guy they were in a long contract dispute with and finally signed to a big deal. To I like got to believe he's not going to do it in the playoffs. I mean, I got to believe he wouldn't do it in the regular season until it happened, though, right? I mean, yeah. who would ever do that? No, it's never happened before in the history of the league, and Did it you, happened last week. I want to ask something here. Okay. Did Jason Terry seem like he didn't feel awkward? Did he seem to reciprocate the hug in, he, a, in a loving manner? 100% he did. Ah, that's awesome. I wonder if Jason Terry was thinking this is kind of good for everyone, right? Like, yeah. keep JR from, like, going crazy. And also, uh, maybe my team gets, you know, a little dunk action here. Because JR, you know, like, the place where JR vacated by the space on the floor is where the ball went right down for the dunk. <laughs> like, they absolutely scored a dunk because JR left the floor. 
So the question is, how do you fix this? From whose perspective? From the Cavs' perspective. You let him go. You let him keep doing this shit. <laughs> oh, this yeah? is amazing. It is amazing. I love it. Yeah. Like, the Cavs are going to make the playoffs no matter what. They're making the playoffs. They're probably going to be the number one seed almost yeah, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if Jarrett Smith does shit like this. Yeah. This is great for media attention. It's great for Cavs jerseys. It's great for Jarrett Smith jerseys. <laughs> you let him keep going. You encourage him. It you is say, great you for know Jarrett what, Smith JR? Jersey. Your yeah. heart is important, and we love you. Okay, go, cool. Go do your thing. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so now that you've done this, yeah. and you know, once every t- five, ten games, he sees a friend of his and just walks off the, you know, the floor and yeah. does whatever he does. Great. The playoffs come around. So now you've given him free reign to do this for the entire no, no, season. I, mean, I would tell him not to do it in the playoffs. Oh, you tell him not to. Oh, so then he yeah. would just not do it? In the playoffs. Right. Okay, let's assume that telling him not to do it isn't enough to get him to stop doing Why? it. Why? It's J.R. Smith. He has so much control. Yeah, <laughs> he's the guy, yeah. right? Yeah, he's the guy who walked off the floor mm-hmm. in the middle of the game. Yeah, he's that guy. To say hello to a friend who he could see at any point. At least point. it was a basketball player. He was still engaged in basketball activities. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't very far off the floor. Yeah. Jason Gary was on the bench. He I didn't, mean. like, go up to the third-level stands and, and shake somebody's hand. I mean, can you imagine? What is Jason Terry thinking when that happens? Maybe he's thinking, like, I guess JR must have been subbed out and I didn't notice or something like that because he's walking over. Yeah. I mean, oh, and what's he even doing? on the, Like, no one does that in the middle of the game. Like, another player from, from the other team come over to your bench. You know, you're, that doesn't yeah. happen ever. But he's JR. He's a little wacky, and it turned out no. He was playing. He was in the game. Yeah, that is interesting from Jason Terry's perspective if those guys are friends because Jason Terry's always been like a by-the-book type of guy, right? He's, yeah. he's always seemed just kind of like a, the consummate professional. Absolutely. He would never do anything like that. He would never consider doing anything like that. But he seemed, as you say, he he reciprocated and was happy about it. I mean, it's very possible he was doing it to help his team. Yeah. Like at that point, you know, either your your job, if you tell JR to go back onto the floor, you're sort of hurting your own team, right? Yeah. So you can't do that. Right. You're a bad teammate. Fair enough. So this way he gets to be a good friend to JR and a good teammate by, you know, maybe even like goes in for a longer hug, like a tighter, longer hug. Like, I really missed you, man. You know? Yeah. Keep him around. So the question is, though, back to this. Let's assume that just telling JR not to do it isn't really going to be a solve, especially if you've been encouraging him yeah. to do it all season. Like, in fairness, come on. That's right. not the solve. What's the solve? How do we actually fix this problem? Wow. Because, you know, it's the playoffs, and, like, now the games matter. I'm not really sure. Like, I guess, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about ways to capitalize on it rather than right. fix it. Okay, I mean, well, I, I have a thought of a fix, but let's okay. hear some of your let's no, hear some I want to cap- hear your fix. Let's okay. See. Yeah. So you know how... <laughs> when people have a dog, they can set up an invisible fence in their yard. You're gonna you're gonna give J.R. Smith an electric shock yes. collar. Yes, I am. It won't be a collar. It'll be like on his his ankle or something. Okay, like underneath his sock. And you you have to. This will cost a little bit of money because you're gonna have to outfit every NBA stadium. I guess only the ones you're in the playoffs for. So maybe you could just bring the same stuff. Yeah, up. you don't care about the regular season. Right? Yeah, actually. So then it's just the games you're playing at. So you just have to have one set of the invisible, but a really like big one. And yeah, it surrounds the entire court. And you can turn it on and off. So it's only on, when the game is in play and he's in the game, you turn it off. Now, this is a – you turn it on. The problem is when he, like, dives out of bounds for a ball, it's going to be very painful, you know, if he gets knocked out of bounds. But uh, what are you going to do? Maybe you could have give it, like, an extra foot or two of but he's cushion. But here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the problem. He can do shit on the court that's going to fuck your shit up just as well as he can do it off the court. That's true. He does. It's not like he tied the shoelaces of the other player when he was off the court. Yeah. That happened on the court. Okay. But maybe maybe you do this then. All right, fair enough. What if see this is this requires a little more attention. You hire a guy. 
whose job it is is to watch JR at all times. And I don't mean like watch like a bodyguard. I mean, he's in the stands watching the game, right? Or he's on, okay. the, on the bench or something. And he's got a button, a little controller. And JR has that little ankle thing. How do you hire the guy? How do you hire How the guy? How do you trust anybody with that power? <laughs> I mean, you know, there are people. There are people out there. You, you get like a Secret Service guy or something like that. Take it really seriously, you know? They're going to be too conservative with it. They're going to be they too... They got to let him be himself a little bit. Yeah, sure. A little bit's fine. But as soon as he runs off the court, you know, you zap him. You give him a nice, a nice little zzz, you know? This all seems very fucked up to me. Well, it's hard to come up with a solution. <laughs> so I, this is the first one I thought of was the invisible fence. It seems like that would keep him from leaving the court to say hello to his friends anyway, right? If that's really what you want. I mean, there you are think other that's going to be – you're the Cavs, right? Yeah. Do you think that's going to look good on you? Like that's a good – There's <laughs> no way to make this look good if you're the Cavs in terms of stopping him from doing it. I guess we could try and incentivize him. We could say something like for every – every time you – we find out like what his favorite candy is or something. And we're like every time you don't run off the court and say hello to a friend and hug him in the middle of a play, we give you like you know a, a lot of junior mints Yeah, something. like you couldn't buy that. He's yeah, rich. he's rich. Yeah. So this is why I feel like I need to go back to penalties, you know, aversives. So maybe it could be something else. It doesn't have to be a shock. But I was thinking a shock doesn't have to be something that's permanent or anything, you know. I okay. I mean, I was because th- then I go to permanent thoughts right away of like well, really, we're not really, doing permanent, really things. dark stuff. I think you the know? move is to capitalize on it. Okay, like, and how would they capitalize on it? You had, uh, hugs from Jr. could be like uh, <laughs> every month there could be a hugs from Jr. game where he stands at the front of the stadium and hugs everybody who comes in. Right. You know, and it costs more to get in that game. You get a little bit more money. Sure, sure, but. As the Cavs, aren't you more concerned rather than making an extra $100,000 like winning the title? Doesn't that matter a bit more to you? Right. And JR playing fully focused in the playoffs would be more valuable than that 100K. I, I mean, there are some people that you just can't fix. Like, JR is not going to be fixable in this case, I think. Well, He's I mean, just... your, your job is to figure it out, though, and fix it. You know, rather than just feel like, how can I make a buck? Yeah, so not, you don't have to be Mark Cuban, but you got, you know, and you just make, make a, a buck. You make your it. buck and you deal with JR. That's what you do. I think you have to. I think we need to come up with, explore some more possibilities here, and how can we actually change his behavior? Though, like, sure, we can just, I don't, we can just take advantage of the guy, but how do we change his behavior? I don't think it's doable. I really don't. What if we threaten him? <laughs> what can we threaten him with? I don't want to threaten him. Well, I don't mean we. I mean as the Cavs. What could we threaten him with? It doesn't have to be like bodily harm. It could just be something that would All be like NBA a reason. All NBA contracts are guaranteed, right? Yes. So you can't a, threaten him with that. I don't think that. No, you can't threaten to take him his money away, which makes it really tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think you just got to capitalize. That's my move. I'm capitalizing. I just, you know, I want to believe we can make Pagano, we can make J.R. Smith different and better. You know? Well, I want to believe that too. But I think J.R. Smith is already a gem. Maybe, maybe. I love that J.R. Smith did that. As, as a fan, I, I, I mean, love it. It's an incredible piece of video. Yeah. Maybe, you know how you're sending Chuck back to school? Maybe you have to send J.R. to like military school. Maybe. That would be interesting. Or just basic training. Put him in boot camp or something like that. Well, there's Three a reality show. Three weeks. I would watch that. J.R. goes to basic training. That's reality show for sure. Yeah. That's Th- like actually might happen after he retires. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, that- wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past VH1 to have that, you know, after he retires. J.R. Smith, three weeks of boot camp or basic training or something like that where he's getting treated just like everybody else yeah. for real. And every time he does any of his J.R. Smith type stuff, he gets, you know, yep. you know, push-ups and everyone hates him for it because they all have to do like, you know, they're all running outside doing laps, you know, in the pouring rain at 2 a.m because that's what they do in the military, apparently, right. according to, you know, Full Metal Jacket anyway, things like that. Um, that might work. Yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah, it so, might work. So, yeah, not military school, just basic training. Right, but we got to film it. 
Yeah, we're going to film it. We're going to yeah. capitalize on it, too. See, we're going to fix it, and we're going to make money off it. That's the trick. It's we're going to do both. Here's the thing. It's not going to fix him. Why not? Because he's been like this for so long. He has been like this, I would guess, his entire adult yeah. life and maybe just his entire life. Yeah. Yep. That's just how he is. Yeah. But you don't think you can rein him in at all? You don't think people are capable of change? Um, I, I mean, I don't want to express my thoughts on people's capability of change and say that no. But so maybe... Jared Smith is capable of change, but he's shown, I mean, over well, over his career, he's shown many, many signs of immaturity. But here's my question. If you feel that way, then why are we sending Chuck Pagano to high school? Why is Chuck able to change and JR can't? I'm not mind? saying he can change. I'm saying he can learn a little bit about causality. That's not changing. That's just understanding a new thing that he didn't yet understand. But he's had many opportunities to understand this. It's I'm not sure like emotionally changing or changing your personality. Yeah, It's a true. very different thing. Okay, that's true. Jared Smith's thing is personality-based. Chuck Pagano's thing is because he's dumb. It's different. <laughs> That's true. No. Chuck Pagano basically, yeah, couldn't steer a ship, you know, yeah. into, I don't know, the water? Where, where would you steer <laughs> okay, a ship? Well said. <laughs> That's an old saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a, the maritime yeah. saying, yeah. Um, okay. So so just your your general sense is Jared Smith ain't going ain't gonna to happen. No, and I, I just want to capitalize. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like you're really about making the money these days in these Let the Drunk Fix-Its. I am all about that money. I'm just thinking, like, the Tony Romo thing, you had a whole thing about him being a horse, and I think there was money do to be made. Do you not want Tony Romo to be the horse? No, I do. I 100% okay. want him to be a horse. Good. Of course, everyone wants him to be the horse. Yeah. I mean, come on. But it's Obviously. only revealed a couple weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. All right. I feel like we're, uh, we're closing up shop here all right. for another week of Drunk Sports, so we'll see you guys next Tuesday night. Until then, sayonara.